This show is a part of the podcast network of the Walled Garden Philosophical Society, an international community of philosophers and seekers dedicated to the pursuit of truth, wisdom, virtue, and the divine, wherever they may be found. To find out more, go to thewalledgarden.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Soul Searching with Seneca. Now in this episode I'm focusing on verses 9 and 10 of letter number 15 from Seneca and uh, we're going to be focusing on a few key ideas in, in, in these couple of verses that I think can really help us to think about the way that we kind of treat ourselves in life and, and think about our desires that we are constantly being led by. And Seneca, I think, does a good job of giving us a reasonable perspective for, for, for why we should be kinder to ourselves and why we potentially should uh, change the focus that we have from the external outward focus on what other people have and what other people are like uh, back to what we are like and what we have achieved and, and, and the progress that we have made. And, uh, and so I want to dive in and, and we'll see where we find ourselves. So he says, quote, Here is the proverb. It is an excellent one. The fool's life is empty of gratitude and full of fears. Its course lies wholly toward the future. Who uttered these words, you say? The same writer whom I mentioned before. And what sort of life do you think is meant by the fool's life? That of Baba or Isio? No, he means our own. For we are plunged by our blind desires into ventures which will harm us, but certainly will never satisfy us. For if we could be satisfied with anything, we should have been satisfied long ago. Nor do we reflect how pleasant it is to demand nothing, how noble it is to be contented and not to be dependent upon fortune. Therefore, continually remind yourself, Lucilius, how many ambitions you have attained, When you see many ahead of you, think how many are behind. If you would thank the gods and be grateful for your past life, you should contemplate how many men you have outstripped. But what do you have to do with the others? You have outstripped yourself. End quote. All right, so let's have a talk about what Seneca is trying to get across here, right? Because he's starting out with that quote from Epicurus, which says that the fool's life is empty of gratitude and full of fears. Its course lies wholly toward the future. And Seneca goes on to ask, well, what is he talking about, Baba and Isio? Well, you know, those are court jesters of the period, court fools of the period, right? But he explains, no, 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 he's not talking about jesters or fools in the courts. He's talking about us. He's talking about the archetype of the foolish person, right? And so the mark of a foolish person, according to Epicurus, was that they had no gratitude, that they were full of fears, and that their life was wholly directed towards the future, right? And so, uh, really, there's also kind of this critique of, uh, of, of this desire and ambition that we have as human beings, where we are constantly looking towards what we want to get, what we want to have, and who we want to be, you know, tomorrow and the next day and the next day after that. And, and it's almost as if we have blinders on our eyes, right, where all we see is what we want out of the future, 
And I think that this view of the fool is best shown in a quote by uh, Alan Watts. And I'm, I'm going to paraphrase here, but he essentially says that if you're always wondering what will be next, if you're always grasping for what is next, then when what's next does come, you won't be there to see it because you'll have already moved to that next level. What's next after that? And one of the things that you might think when you hear a quote like that is, where am I at any point in time? You know, right now, where are you? You know, and, and you might think, okay, well, I'm right here because I can look around and I can touch things and I can, and I, and I can sense that I am in this moment right now and in this place. But uh, with a quote like that, you know, uh, thinking about how uh, really if we are constantly desiring uh, for some outcome in the future, when it does come, we won't be there to see it. What that means is that uh, at any one moment uh, where you truly are, is less dependent on the physical location of where you are. It's more dependent on the mindset which you're in and and the perceptions that you're you are being guided by in your mind, right? And so, if you are constantly uh, driven by those fears of the future and that grasping attitude toward the future, wanting to turn it into exactly what you want out of life and to get exactly what you want out of life, uh, then in a way, you are never here but rather you are always there, you know, and that is not here. And Seneca talks about this in a previous letter. We've talked about this on this, this show as well, uh, where he kind of discusses this idea that we constantly look forward to the future and we, we fear that which is coming towards us or that which we believe might come towards us, right? And when we fear those things in the future that haven't happened yet, we experience the emotion of those events happening as if they had already happened in this moment. And so we become anxious and afraid and angered and, and all these emotions pop up in, in, in our souls right now. But that's because we're living in the future as opposed to living in this moment and dealing with the realities of this present time and moment. And so that's something I'd like you to really consider in your own life at any one moment. You know, where am I truly? Where am I truly? Because it does have so much to do with where you are in your mind. And so what Seneca is trying to do in these couple of verses, you know, pulling in this quote from Epicurus and say, this is what the fool is. Now he's going to actually get us to tell ourselves both sides of the story almost so that we can counteract the negative effects that might come from that kind of grasping way of always being in the future, always wanting more, always desiring more. And he starts by kind of critiquing uh, this mindset of always wanting more, of course. And he says that, uh, for we are plunged by our own desires into ventures which will harm us, but certainly will never satisfy us. For if we could be satisfied with anything, we would have been satisfied long ago. All right, so pulling these ideas together, we've got the fool, as described by Epicurus, who is somebody who has no gratitude and who is constantly directed toward the future and has all these fears, right, and these desires. And Seneca is essentially then saying that, uh, okay, well, it's not talking about uh, the jesters of the court, right? He's talking about us, so we are the fools, right? And he's saying that if we could be satisfied by anything, right, because we are fools, if we could be satisfied by anything, we would have been satisfied long ago, but clearly we are not. And so, what he's saying here is that the fool is somebody who will never, 
ever be satisfied because their desires are pulling them towards things that Seneca actually says will harm them. Uh, but also, you know, it's not the real stuff. What they're being pulled toward is not the real stuff that gives true satisfaction in life. And so there is that kind of call of like, hey, listen, if you're a fool, which you are in many ways, uh, you will never, ever be satisfied truly and deeply. And he goes on to say that we should have been satisfied long ago, at, nor do we reflect how pleasant it is to demand nothing, how noble it is to be contented and not to be dependent upon the future, right? And so there's kind of a promise there. Seneca is saying, well, do you realize that there is actually pleasure in not demanding things of the future. There is pleasure in bringing yourself back to this moment and being satisfied with your efforts in this moment and and not constantly looking forward and saying, I need this and I need that. There is pleasure there. And his question essentially is like, do you feel that? Do you understand that pleasure? Do you understand the joy that can come from not constantly being led by this demand of the future? And also he says that it is noble to be contented and not dependent upon the future. And this relates to that stoic idea of true freedom, right? True freedom is not to be reliant on anything that is outside of your control, right? Not to be dependent on things that really uh, uh, you have no control over. And that is true freedom. That is true contentedness in life for the Stoics. And fortune is one of those things that can give and take as freely as she desires, right? And so we don't want to be dependent on fortune because it's something that can be given and taken. Whereas our own efforts, right? Our own souls, right? Our own internal development, that's something that is up to us. It's not up to fortune. And so that's where true freedom lies. And as I said earlier, Seneca is going to give us a, a, a tool that we can use in order to bring ourselves back into a harmony with this moment and, and, and almost as an antidote to the fool's way of life, right? And so one of the things that we know the fool is, is they, they lack gratitude. And the other thing is that they are guided by fears and desires of the future, right? And so Seneca says the following, Therefore, continually remind yourself, Lucilius, how many ambitions you have attained. When you see many ahead of you, think of how many are behind. If you would thank the gods and be grateful for your past life, you should contemplate how many men you have outstripped. But what have you to do with the others? You have outstripped yourself. All right, so we're going to go through each of those individual sentences because they each add an ingredient to this recipe that uh, is extremely important and very, very helpful in terms of thinking about your mindset about the future and about the past and bringing that back into harmony with now, right? So the first thing that he says is when you're thinking about all of your ambitions, come back to think about all of the ambitions that you've already attained, right? And so that's bringing the gratitude back into it. It's recognizing that you've already made progress, you've already gained so much. And a remembrance like this is going to get you to uh, really stop being in that kind of grasping, desiring mindset of always wanting and demanding more of the future. And now you're being grateful for what you have already achieved. You're, you're in that position where you can look around you and you can see, oh, I have actually made progress. I have gained a lot and 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 there is so much to be grateful for about where I am right now, right? But that's not the whole ingredient. Next he says, when you see many ahead of you, think of how many are behind. 
All right, so think about how this could work for you in your own life, right? This is a really helpful principle, which is thinking we are constantly looking at all of these people around us who are ahead of us, you know, and and, and we are constantly desiring to be where they are. You know, somebody has a little bit more of you, somebody has a lot more than you, and you immediately start to get anxious and and, and you want what they have and, and, and you desire to be where they are. But what Seneca is saying is, hang on, there might be some people ahead of you, but look at how many people are behind you. Look at how many people don't have the good fortune that you have right now. Recognize your position and, and how, you know, maybe there's a little bit more room there for some gratitude for the position that you are actually in at the moment. Because in a sense, uh, unless you are the most uh, uh, horribly downtrodden person in the world who has every bit of bad fortune heaped upon them, uh, there are always people who have it a lot worse than you and people who, uh, I, I guess, aren't in the position that you're in. So that should leave room for a little bit of gratitude for where you are in your life. And so the next tip that he gives us is, if you would thank the gods and be grateful for your past life, which is what we're trying to do here, uh, you should also contemplate how many men you have outstripped, right? And so that's, again, the, this idea of, of recognizing how many people are behind you also. But then he brings in the most important point. Uh, he says, but what have you to do with the others? You have outstripped yourself. Right? And so here we see him bringing it right back to you. Not only should you look at how many people you know, are ahead and, 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 and behind you right, and recognize that, that you have a lot to be grateful for, but you also have a lot to be grateful for in terms of your own personal progress. And that's really where our focus should be lying, right? Because he says, what, is that, what, what do you have to do with all these other people? You know, why are you focusing on them? You know, sure, I'm trying to get you to think about them in order to, to give you a point, but ultimately, you can forget about all those people because what you need to focus on, the one thing that you can control, the one thing that is in your power and not under the will of fortune or fate, is you. Look at how far you have come, how much progress you have made. And, you know, I think that somebody who does a good job of compacting this idea down into a very easy to understand sentiment is Jordan Peterson. And he gives this rule for life, which is exactly the same thing as what Seneca is saying here. He says, don't compare yourself to who somebody else is today. Compare yourself to who you were yesterday, right? You know, bring that focus back into yourself. Who were you yesterday? How far have you come today? You know, you personally, your own internal progress. That is really such a great tool for, uh, for personal flourishing and personal contentment within life. And it doesn't have to mean that you lose your ambition to, uh, to uh, I guess, progress in life. But what it does is it changes your ambition and puts it back on yourself. You know, you, then you become ambitious about your own personal growth, your own development, right? Not on what you can get out of life and what you can grasp onto in the, in the future, which you cannot control ultimately. But you can control your own personal growth and well-being. All right, and to summarize what we've been talking about here, Seneca has kind of described via Epicurus uh, the fool for us, which is that person who is uh, void of all gratitude and is constantly desiring and fearful of the future as well. And what he does is he gives us these techniques in order to bring about a certain balance and harmony within our minds, bringing our focus right back to this moment and our own internal journey, right? 
And one of the ways that we gain gratitude is by recognizing just how many people are behind us and how far we have come, right? And and how how lucky we are in many aspects of our lives. Uh, And also what we need to do in order to kind of overcome those fears and that constant desire of the future is to bring our focus back, as we've said, into that internal journey, that internal view of ourselves, right? And how far we have come. And it's important to recognize that all of these things that Seneca is saying here really point towards gratitude. And there's a reason for that, because gratitude truly is a miracle elixir when it comes to personal growth and personal flourishing, right? It's one of these attitudes that if you could really focus in and try to gain in any attitude in your life and any uh, perspective of the world, it would be gratitude because it just helps so, so much in terms of bringing your attention back to this moment and what's actually happening around you. And in a sense, that's what Seneca is trying to say here. He's trying to say, listen, forget about all these desires about the future just for a moment and look at what's actually happening. Tell yourself both sides of the story because you do have things to be grateful for and that gratitude is going to help you and aid you on your path to personal flourishing. And with that, I hope you've enjoyed this episode and I'll talk to you next time.